It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Kicking off hour number two of the show, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, Unnecessary Roughness in Your Ear Home. I'm Mandamon Cotton, back in the home studios. We're efforting John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Expect to have him any second now. Uh, had a lot of good feedback in hour number one. Uh, appreciate everyone who called in, chimed in, either uh, again on the phone lines or on the text line, and uh, even Twitter. Do appreciate that. Little housekeeping update if you're just t- uh, chi- chiming in or just tuning in. Uh, it is. I don't want to say 100% official, but Will Compton says he's signing with the Raiders. So uh, a little bit extra depth at the linebacking position. The Raiders have been banged up at the linebacking position. Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, both guys are a little bit banged up throughout the course of the week. We'll see uh, what their status is for this game against Kansas City. But according to Will Compton, he put out on Twitter, I am signing with the Raiders per source. So I saw Field Yates from ESPN earlier today put out that there was multiple teams that were interested in him uh, right now. He's a veteran. Uh, he's going to come in in shape and know what he needs to do. So, again, he'll add some, uh, some extra depth if, uh, if, in fact, he has uh, officially signed with the silver and black. He's probably en route to, to Vegas right now to get that all taken care of and done. But he did put that on Twitter uh, earlier this morning, real early this morning. Uh, Darren Waller was announced as the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Raiders. All 32 teams have a nominee, but Darren Waller uh, is the nominee for the silver and black and uh, that's a cool little honor for him. Of course, he's a guy that everyone's going to be paying attention to, not for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, but paying attention to see if he's going to be able to go on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to need him out there. They're going to need everyone they can get out there. So uh, that's something that we'll pay attention to throughout the course of the week. They'll be back on the practice field tomorrow, and then we'll hear from Rich Basaccia. We'll hear from Derek Carr and a couple other players. Uh, some of the questions that I had thrown out there uh, earlier today are actually a question that I threw out there today was about if you had an opportunity to ask one question, who would it be to and what would it be? And again, try to keep it uh, respectful because we're trying to be realistic here. Uh, Soul Patrol Raiders said on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 to Coach Passaccia, if the offense is struggling, would you sit Derek Carr and put Marcus Mariota in to help get a spark? And that's fair. That really is fair because there's times when you could say, hey, you know what, in this moment I think this guy may be able to just pump up the team a little bit. You know, if, if something's not working like that, I mean, I, as much as, you know, like Derek was, what, 15 for 19 in the first half against Washington, but it was only for 80-something yards. So I would have had no problem, and I liked how later on in the game they, uh, you know, had Carr and Mariota out there at the same time. Had no problem with that. You know, whatever it takes, whatever kind of trick you need to throw out there to try to, try to you know, spark the offense, that was something that I was hoping to see going into the game was the team – uh, play with a little bit of desperation and just kind of throw out all the stops because, hey, at this point, what do you have to lose? You know, just something to get them started. So uh, that was a really good question. That's from Soul Patrol Raider on the Sam and Ash text line. Thank you so much for that. Now, as promised, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle joins us on the phone lines to talk all things NFL. And, John, thank you so much for your time. What did you think about that game last night? 14-10, to 10, the Patriots beat uh, the Buffalo Bills, and they run the ball 45 times and only throw three passes. What were your thoughts on that one? It reminded me of when I was a kid, and I used to watch the NFL, and sometimes when the weather got bad, it was three yards in a cloud of snow, especially when you were playing in Buffalo, and especially when O.J. Simpson was there setting records and leaving the NFL in rushing. And what I thought last night, Q, it is 
preposterous for a defense coached by Leslie Frazier to not load up against the run knowing that the Patriots did not want rookie quarterback Mac Jones to have to throw the ball because of the weather, the wind, the snow. Not a whole lot of snow in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> and I don't imagine he's played in that kind of wind before. So they should have put so many people up on the line of scrimmage, daring him to throw the ball, and they didn't. And and now they are a game and a half behind the Patriots. They got a game, I think, coming up against Tampa. Then they play the Patriots in Foxborough. There's a chance, too, that some of these teams like the Raiders that are mediocre get hot. There's a chance that Buffalo might miss the playoffs. And I'd be stunned because – I don't think I picked the Chiefs again. No, I picked the Titans. But Buffalo could miss the playoffs. The Bills are seven and five. There's a lot of mediocrity in the AFC, and if teams get hot here at crunch time, Buffalo could be on the outside looking in. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And we were talking about the better teams in the AFC. And as the Patriots are the number one seed right there with nine wins with a rookie quarterback is incredible to me. But that's just credit to the team and, and the culture they've created there. Who do you think right now? I know you said Kansas City you felt was going to get hot. They are on a streak right now. Who do you think the best team in the AFC is right now? Kansas City, five in a row. Defense has given up 11.2 points a game in those five games. Patrick Mahomes still throwing too many interceptions. He's got a streak going of four games, I believe, with one touchdown pass after he threw four or five. And I keep thinking he's going to put it all together. You know, he's used to playing in December and January. He's used to playing in wind and bad weather. But the Chiefs' defense, uh, it has been tremendous. And uh, Andy Reid, he's got a figure. He calls the plays on offense. He'll be able to get the offense uh turned around. They're not running the ball very well, but I haven't seen the Chiefs play this kind of defense since Andy Reid's been there. No, you're right. Their defense is uh, really the reason why they're doing what they're doing right now as you just uh, you know rolled out. Uh, we're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL. And uh, As far as the Washington football team, they're on a four-game winning streak after beating the Raiders on Sunday, 17-15. to It's two games in a row that they've scored 17 points and won 17-15. What are you seeing from Ron Rivera's crew? And right now they're in the playoffs in the NFC. Of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, Q, tell me one whose performance is more surprising than Taylor Heineke. <laughs> right. uh, I saw him come to Houston when Bill O'Brien was here one year when they had a lot of injuries, and he was almost like an afterthought, and then he was gone. And I think I read he was hanging out on his brother brother's couch when he got the call. He's been uh, he, he, he's just been the biggest surprise. They withstood the loss of Chase Young, their best pass rusher. Ron Rivera is doing a great job. Now, they got no business beating the Cowboys. Cowboys have more talent. And if the Cowboys win in Washington, that's going to give them a three-game lead, and they had to have tiebreakers. Then they got to play at Dallas. So I don't see any way Washington has a chance unless they win this game against the Cowboys. And I think realistically, Washington be competing for a wild card berth, not the division title. 
What do you think of, as I mentioned, that the, you know, the Raiders came out on the, the wrong end of that game against the Washington football team, but they only scored 15 points. And I know Washington's defense is good, but it's not, I mean, it's not lights out good. And, you know, they, they, to me, that there was areas where the Raiders could have scored. They just didn't get it done. How, how do you explain what they were able to do on Thanksgiving and put up a lot of points against Dallas to only being able to score 15 and, and obviously lose again? Because as you mentioned, uh, when they win, they score 30 points, they win games. They only scored 15 and they lost. How does that go week to week in the NFL? Or is it just that mediocre? Well, first of all, the, the Raiders have played a really tough schedule. and But everything starts, of course, with Derek Carr. They have, I just looked this up, have scored eight fewer touchdowns than their opponent. Usually a team that's 500 or better is going to have more. Now, could they put it together? Sure they could. They've got enough talent to do that. But, man, oh, man, when you look at the AFC and you see all these teams that have records that are 6-6 that are six and six or 7-6 and six or 7-5, and 6-5-1, and one, and you think just about any of them would be capable, even Miami at 6-7 and seven with a five-game winning streak, I, don't, I can't imagine that. But all the Raiders got to do is – String together some wins. Are they capable? Yeah. They did it after Green left, but it's going to be hard, not just for them, but for all these teams that are fighting for those last uh, playoff spots. What are your thoughts on what they're doing so far at Allegiant Stadium? Their overall record is 5-10, and 10, which is obviously not good. Uh, just to, haven't established that home field advantage. Last year there were no fans. This year there are fans. What do you think the biggest disconnect is for playing at home and not being able to get wins? When you are playing in Las Vegas and your opponents look at the schedule in April and they say, okay, where do I want to follow my team? Oh, Vegas, my goodness, my team's playing in Vegas. I'm going. And so that just makes for a lot of opposing fans in your stadium. That's never good. And the Chargers, they run into that all the time because L.A. is a great place to go. And so – until the Raiders build up a strong fan base in the Las Vegas area and they start buying up those tickets and the team wins and they don't sell them, it's going to be hard to have a home advantage. But you know what, Keith? I think right now home field advantage means less in the NFL than any time I can remember, especially with so many indoor stadiums. When a bad weather team is playing with a bad weather team, it's not as big an advantage, but a team that plays indoors, and this has always been the case, and goes outdoors, it's harder for them to win, especially at this time of the season. And so I think that that's one of the things, the bugs that's bitten the Raiders since they moved to Las Vegas. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL. And uh, something that happened on Sunday was uh, the Carolina Panthers and Matt Rule fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady. That was actually a surprise to me. What were your thoughts when you saw that? And, and what do you think of Matt Rule and, and what he's got going on in Carolina or, or what he doesn't have going on in Carolina? Well, I was surprised when he hired Joe Brady from LSU and made him the offensive coordinator. He, You talk about he was supposed to be a shooting star. Now, they're five and seven. It's not Joe Brady's fault that Christian McCaffrey missed most of last season and has missed a lot of this season. It's not Joe Brady's fault. Maybe it is that they traded picks for Sam Donald, including the second-round 
draft choice, picked up his fifth-year option, and he's bombed out. And now they're playing Cam Newton. Maybe he thought Sam Donald was great, and he convinced Matt Rule to do it. That's always a possibility. I haven't seen anybody delving into that. But I'll tell you what, Scott Fowler, a long-time columnist for the Charlotte Observer, I I read what he wrote. He said that by firing Joe Brady has put Matt Rule on notice. Now, Rule signed a seven-year contract. I think it was for like $56 million. Mm-hmm. What they got to do is get that quarterback issue solved. Not Cam Newton. It's not. Uh, uh, it's not Sam Darnold. I think they will be in the thick of the Deshaun Watson uh, sweepstakes, and they are 200 miles from his hometown in Gainesville, Georgia. And if they had Deshaun Watson, it would all of a sudden make them one of the best offensive teams in the NFL. But right now, they're on a treadmill to oblivion. How how hot do you think that that potential trade market will be for Deshaun in the offseason? Well, first of all, Q, you got to look at any team that's going to need quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Carolina, Denver, Miami, and Philadelphia were the teams that pursued him the most. He has a no-trade clause, and he told him the only place he would go was Miami. And he rejected the Eagles. That's where they wanted trading because the Eagles are going to have three first-round picks. I don't think they would have traded all three in one year. They could have traded two, and then the third number one the Texans were asking for next year. But uh, what's going to be interesting, in the last four games, Tua Tungavailoa has had a quarterback rating of at least 100. What if at the end of the year the Dolphins say, you know what, Tua's played well enough, we're going to go with him again next year. You take away Miami and South Florida, and then where does Watson say he'll go? Would he go to Carolina or Denver? His former teammate here, Denver safety Kareem Jackson, said two times before the season that Watson told him he wanted to come to Denver. But Denver had already made a move for Teddy Bridgewater and had Drew Locke coming back. So uh, I think Denver, Carolina, maybe Miami, maybe Philadelphia will try again. What about Pittsburgh? Right. They don't have a quarterback on that roster. When Ben Roethlisberger retires, what about Seattle if Russell Wilson leaves? The one I would be most interested in, the Giants. Hmm. His marketing people are in New York. Right now, I think they have two of the top seven picks, and that would be very enticing. New general manager take over for Gettleman, and one of the first moves he makes is for Watson. And Watson could give them their best quarterback since Eli Manning, of course, but he would make them, he would make any offense one of the best in the NFL as he did with the Texans last year. The key is, do you have a defense? Do you have stability? You know, he doesn't want to go somewhere where that coach is going to be fired. And if I'm a quarterback and I got a chance to go to Pittsburgh where they have stability, I'd say, please, trade me to the Steelers. But that's not the way the Steelers have operated. Right, no doubt about it. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And uh, you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course there's conversations about Mike Tomlin. I I think that there's no doubt he'll be in Pittsburgh next year, but is there any coaches right now that are coaching in the league that you anticipate maybe at the end of the month uh, potentially be on the outside looking in? Oh, there's going to be probably five or six, and there will be surprises coming along. And, uh, you know, people are talking about Joe Judge with the Giants. Mm-hmm. 
his second year. Most teams don't fire guys after two years. He's got a new GM going to be coming in. He's got to be worried next year. New GMs want their own quarterback, and they want their own head coach. Mike Zimmer, everybody says Mike Zimmer is gone. Matt Nagy, maybe Detroit decides to move on from him. I think in uh, the NFC South, I don't see any changes being made there. NFC West, no changes being made there. And then you jump up to the AFC, and of everybody I've said, I think Zimmer is on the biggest hot seat. I thought before the season started, Q, that Big Fangio Denver was on the hot seat, but he's 6-6. Six and six. He's got a new GM, uh, George Payton from Minnesota. Maybe he decides he wants a new guy. Uh, don't see it happening with Jets or the Dolphins. Dolphins have saved Brian Flores' job. No changes in the AFC North. In the AFC South, I made people, a lot of people think maybe Urban Meyer will move on. I just do not see it. David Culley, the general manager here, Nick Casario, didn't want to get into the subject of anything about all the offseason. So everything will be evaluated in the offseason, including Culley. So that's a possibility. He could be one and done. And then, of course, everybody expects the Raiders to be looking for a new coach. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the expectations. Uh, obviously, don't know how everything's going to shake out. They still got five games to go, but uh, it's hard, John, for an interim head coach to go and not only guide the ship the rest of the way, but then also, you know, be the guy moving forward. I mean, that's that's not an easy job. It's not an easy task to get it. It's uh, it's been done, but usually people want their own guy. The key is that Mike Mayock stays on and he runs the front office. Does he have somebody? that he's admired for a long time, had his eye on, that he wants to bring into the Raiders. Could it be a college coach? Could it be an NFL, former NFL head coach, a coordinator, or position coaches even get jobs today? Yeah, no, they do. It should be interesting. The offseason is going to be a, a crazy one. I think it's going to be fast and furious. And final question for you, John. The Detroit Lions, they got their first win, walk-off fashion. Uh, it was a pretty fun little uh, scene there for the Lions. What did you think about that uh, first victory for uh, Coach Campbell? They overcame some bad decisions by Campbell going forward on fourth and one at your 28 or 29 when you're leading. That was stupid, and it backfired. And uh, one thing about the Lions, I looked this up because even though they have the worst record, I contend the Texans are the worst team. The Lions have lost things by seven, two, two, three, and two. That's four by five by seven or less, four by three or less. They're much more competitive than the Texans or the Jaguars. They have three one-score losses, one by three, none by fewer. So I think the Texans Jaguars got a big game coming up, too, not this Sunday, but the following weekend Jaguar in Jacksonville. There might be 20 people there, but that's going to go a long way to determine the first pick in the draft, and I believe the Jaguars will win. <laughs> uh, I remember those days of talking about the very first pick in the draft, man. It's not, those aren't fun conversations or fun teams and, and, and games to cover, but uh, I know you'll do a fantastic job uh, holding that one down. John, before I let you go, you mentioned fourth down and Coach Campbell making some bad decisions to go for it. We're seeing more and more teams go for it, go for it, and go for it on fourth down using the analytics side of things. Uh, do you, do you, what, are, what is your feeling on the fourth down and the analytics things as they're being put into the NFL these days? I think it depends on where you are on the field 
what kind of offensive line you got, what kind of quarterback you have, what kind of running back you have, and how smart your play caller is. If I had a guy like Lamar Jackson, I would never go uh, for a fourth down in my end of the field. I just wouldn't do it. I'd like to know how often that works, and then you go on and score points. But once you get up to midfield, sure, why not? If you've got somebody who can do it. But when you have, when you don't have battle test of people, you shouldn't be doing that. A lot of coaches look really stupid. If you're established and you do it and it doesn't work, you don't get near as much grief. But analytics are the way it's going in every sport. But sometimes you got to use common sense. Analytics doesn't look at the nose tackle. It doesn't look at your offensive line, who's healthy, who's not, who the quarterback and running back is. And that's why everybody has the same same analytics, and it's just it has to be different. And it's tough for a coach to do that. And most of all, Q, you got to have a very understanding owner. There you go. I love it. Uh, that's a great mic drop moment right there from the great John McClain. What do you have coming out on Texas Sports Nation that NFL fans should be on the lookout for? Well, I'm writing a column that I'll mix Casario here was smart not to say David Culley would definitely be back in 2022. The truth is here, every coach and player should be worried about his roster because this is one pathetic excuse for a team. <laughs> love it. I love it. That's John McClain. You can find him one on Twitter. Thing, Kim, Go ahead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go ahead. How about those fighting Baylor Bears? Oh, yeah. How about that? Big 12 champs. How about that, John? How about that last play? One of the oh. I, I had to change my pants twice. <laughs> the uh, the uh, that'll go down as one of the all-time great evenings. One play on defense, and you saw that team. You saw Dave Aranda last year. You saw what Matt Rule did and Art Browse. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, as a Baylor fan, I was very, very proud and stunned. Yes, I was stunned as well, and that was one heck of a play at the goal line. That was fantastic, John, and congratulations to you and congratulations to the Baylor Bears. I know you're proud today. Sick them. <laughs> there it is. Thank you, Thank that- you, Mon. Thanks, John. Great stuff as always. The proud Baylor Bear right there, John McClain with the sick em. Used to end our uh, interviews that we did each and every week in uh, Central Texas with the Sikkim uh, because he is a proud Baylor Bear alum. And, uh, yeah, that was a heck of a finish uh, to that game, Baylor and Oklahoma State, that uh, Big 12 championship game. That was a fantastic finish, and uh, Baylor came out on top of that. So uh, they got to be happy about that Big 12 champions. John McClain, you can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And uh, he – Keeps it real on Twitter. He's one of the guys. He's the smartest dude on Twitter. He'll put something out there, and then when people respond, he just won't respond. He doesn't respond at all to anything. I could tweet at him. DeMond could tweet at him. Everyone could tweet at him. He's never going to respond, but he'll put something out there. He'll give you the information you need, and then he'll just walk away from it, which is what I need to learn how to do, but I haven't done it yet, but the great John McClain has. 3.23 is the time. We'll take a break. We'll come back, hit a couple text messages, then we'll talk to our good friend Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 329 is the time. 
live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. 30 more minutes left in today's show. We got Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review Journal coming up in a matter of minutes. After her, got a little giveaway I'm going to do. Going to get you hooked up, get you in to win Clay Baker's Ultimate Morning Tailgate Hookup. I'll tell you all about that and exactly what it is and how you win it. All after we talk to Cassie, who is now on the phone lines. And Cassie, we do appreciate you. As always, you were in the press box. You were in the media session following the game on Sunday as the Raiders dropped to the Washington football team 17-15. to um, I know that we had a couple words and, you know, exchanged some talk about, you know, what Josh Jacobs had to say following the media session. But what was your biggest takeaway from what you heard following the game? Yeah, I mean, like, just what a mess, right? Like, And I think uh, Josh Jacobs, as you and I discussed after um, he got off the podium, like, he said a whole lot without saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. His body language, um, his facial expressions, the way he was kind of smirking and, you know, just how he did answer some questions. It, it said a lot about, I think, where he's at and, and where some of his teammates are at. More importantly, what stood out to me, Q, going back and listening to it um, and the parts that, that, um, that he had mentioned a couple times is how he said that he had like, took it upon himself to motivate his teammates and he's talking to them before the game at halftime during the game and, you know, trying to get these guys. And I think he said, sometimes you don't stand hand in hand. you got to push some right. players. Yep. And I'm over here thinking it's week 13. This team has the, every opportunity to still make a playoff push and guys need motivation. Right. Like that's what stood out to me. Like, and I get it, right? Like they try to hype each other up and, you know, and it's nice when you look at the guy next to you and he's like, come on, man, you know, this and that. And, and that's what gets guys going. But if and he used the word motivating, and if people need motivation at this point in the season, like I think that says enough and and says some really you know bad things about this team and and are they giving up on themselves? Are they you know getting down early in games and just being like, oh well, I guess this one's over. Maybe next week. Like they cannot be doing that at this point in the season, or else we've seen the results and what happens before. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I asked Jim Plunkett about that as well. I said, who who was the guy in the locker room that, you know, set the tone, who had you guys coming out of there with your hair on fire? And he said, self-starters. We had a bunch of self-starters in the locker room. We've seen the Raiders get off to slow starts all season long. Is it is that simple, Cassie? They just don't have self-starters in that locker room? I mean, it has to be, right? It all starts with you, like... I mean, I was just telling somebody, like, when it's gloomy out, like, I get, like, down on myself, or I just don't feel like, uh, like, I, you know, we're all human, and we Mm -hmm. all can, and let things affect us, this and that, but, like, when it comes to this sport, and especially a team sport where you have to depend on the people next to you, like, you have to want it for yourself to say, okay, I'm going to step up, I might be having a bad day, but this outcome, this result depends on me, and for my teammates, like, you know, you have to trust them. You have to work together. So you have to put all that stuff aside. You can't let your bad day affect an entire team. And I feel like that's what's happening here. And these guys that aren't the self-starters are maybe oozing into other, you know, other players of the, in the locker room. And, and again, we've seen this before, right? Was it Miami of last game? I don't, I don't know that I, I personally never got it confirmed, but last year, um, when we saw the team give up and it was made very clear in the locker room that some players were not happy with how their teammates responded. Right. 
Yeah, I remember that. That was when the report mm-hmm. about Nelson Aguilar having that blow up in the locker room happened right after that Miami letdown. And uh, that's exactly what that was, a, a letdown against the Miami Dolphins. We're talking right now with Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, speaking of that, that Miami game was a home game. And the game on Sunday against Washington was a home game. And the Bengals game was a home game. And the Bears game was a home game. And if you get the theme here, these are all losses that I'm talking about. The Raiders are 5-10 and 10 so far at Allegiant Stadium. What is, what is, what's... What's got to give, Cassie? What do they need to do to be able to get and create a winning culture at home? I would say to not have fans in there again, but I think they had a losing record when there yeah. wasn't any fans in the building too, right? Like yeah, oh, they only won year. two yeah. games last year. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what it is. Like I told you, um, I think last week or the week before, like I walked down on the field ahead of the game and you can hear the fans like yelling at players, come on guys, let's go, you know, like being encouraging. Mm-hmm. And and the immediate in the immediate bowl, um, the lower bowl, it's all silver and black fans. So I don't think it's the fans. You know, I see them there and, and again it's it's real weird though. We have a pretty high vantage point up in the press box. So you get sort of a bird's eye view of the empty seats in there. Mm-hmm. And each week, you know, I sit next to Sam Gordon um, with the Review Journal as well. And he pointed out to me, he's like, Cass, there are a lot of empty seats. And more so sections right. than seats, like full chunks of sections. And it's just like, well, you can't blame the fans. Like, if they don't want to come and see another disappointment, like, you know, that's on them. And, and yeah, you're getting a, the opposing colors teams um uh, fans in there, but I mean, somebody's got to buy the tickets, right? Somebody has to pay right. for that stadium, and the Raiders can't blame their fans because they're not giving them a product that you would want to pay hundreds of dollars for. Right, exactly. And Cassie, you've lived here a lot longer than I have. I've only been here since July, so you know the climate. You know how the the fan bases are in this city. Of course, they have the Vegas Golden Knights. They're used to winning. You know, the fan base is used to winning. Hell, I mean, when they do the national anthem, they still yell Knights. You know, they do that, and that's what they do with the Golden Knights game. How quickly do the Raiders need to start establishing winning at home because this is Las Vegas, and, well, the fan base might not just hang around just to go to the game, just to be going. Yeah, like six games ago. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, obviously, you proud UNLV alum myself, but when there's Wednesday night 8 p.m. tips and the Rebels have a losing record, there's not a lot of people in the Thomas and Mack Center, you know? Like, right. it's, it's obviously not 1990 anymore. UNLV has a lot to prove themselves. But, yeah, fans, there's, with there being so much to do in this city and so many places for people to be able to spend their money – they're not going to waste it on a product that doesn't give them anything like worth rooting for. And again, you can't blame them. No. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like fans, fans are quick here to be like, all right, like if you're not winning, like I'll come back once we are winning and call it a fair weather fan or this and that. But again, for the price of the tickets, especially here in Las Vegas, like you have to earn a fan's trust. You have to make them want to come. And the Raiders are not doing that right now. Right, and that goes for the fans that are out of town. You know, they have to come yeah. in, fly in, buy the hotel rooms, spend their money on, you know, everything, going out to dinner. I mean, it's a, it's a ticket. You know, we, we're blessed. We get to be in the press box, and I never say this to fans to try to brag, but we're in the press box. We have a credential. We live locally. It costs us a couple bucks to drive in. I mean, that's right. it. Bottom line. But the fan base, the ones that are out there all weekend long, three days, four days, or whatever, they're the ones that are dishing out the big dough to come in there and, again, see five wins out of 15 games. It's just not going to cut it. 
Right, for sure. And I'm sure Q fans hit you up too, like, hey, I'm coming to my first game. Like, yep. what can I check out before this and that? And uh, my sister went to her first game on Sunday and she was so excited. And then she just texted me a sad face afterward. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> I right. don't know what you want me to tell you. You know, she's like, you said that they were supposed to win these games. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> they're supposed to do a lot of stuff and they're not doing it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, right. I have no control over this. We can do all our predictions, but it all depends on what happens on the field. But, yeah, it, it is unfortunate. I've had, yeah, a lot of family and friends come into town. And, you know, granted, they love the city. They they get free hotel stays at Casa del Soto, you know. Like, they get yes. this stuff. But right. still, they have to the time and the days that they got to take off of work. And it's just, it's very unfair for a fan base that we all know has been loyal for a very long time and has made the effort, right? I know people were were upset when they um, did move here to Las Vegas. And there, I think, fans out there were trying to give them a chance, right? Like, all right, I'll give them a shot. Let's see what this Vegas is all about. And it hasn't proved to be what I think, uh, what they wanted it to be. And, and again, you can't blame the fans for not wanting to show up. Right. No, the fans are doing their job. They're doing their job. Uh, they're, they're trying to be there and support the team. They're loud, third and long. They're loud. They, they get up and, well, it just, it just hasn't, you know, it hasn't materialized. What is, what is Pops? What, is, uh, what does Los think right now? Uh, how, how's he feeling? I, I run into him every once in a while. How, how's he feeling? Dad's just happy that he gets to hang out on Sundays. Like, he's every time he's like, man, that really sucks. But I saw this person, I got to meet this person. Like, I had so much fun. I right. think he got a Tom Cable's autograph the, uh, on Sunday. So he's like, his Raider room, so he has a whole Raider room in the house. Right. And it is just like decked out. So he's, he's as happy as can be. Obviously, you know, he, some more wins would be nice. But no, as a season ticket holder, again, right? Like, you paying tens of thousands of dollars and right. for what at the end of the season to get dibs on like other events at this point like, right. i don't know yeah no no doubt about it i actually saw him uh i was i was walking into the stadium on sunday i was headed up for the the pro uh, the uh the pregame the pregame pregame show and uh, he was pulling into the stadium so uh yeah there i saw him and i knew he was proud i said all right there he is yeah, yeah, as, as soon as the gates open, he is there. Like he, <laughs> the atmosphere is tailgating. He's got the big old flags attached to the car. Yeah, he's yep. head to toe. He he loves this team for sure. Not mad at that at all. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto for the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. So this week it's Kansas City. The Raiders are sitting there six and six. They got to go to Kansas City. The team is red hot. What do you want to see? I'm not saying what do you expect to see, but what do you want to see from this team on Sunday? I think just this offense has to come alive. Like, it has to. And it's so crazy to me. At this point, last year, we were talking about, like, man, this defense. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. This defense, like, it's great if they show up or not. Like, what, whatever happens, happens. The offense will carry it. And now, for the defense to go and make huge uh, interceptions, Nate Hobbs, right, coming up with his mm-hmm. ones, and then the offense settling for a field goal, like, right. and that's been, that's happened. I, I don't know the exact numbers there, but the defense comes up with these huge plays and all they get out of it is three points. Like the offense has to produce for how hard this defense has been working. And I know sometimes it doesn't show up all statistically, but you see it. And, and if there's any self starters, I think it's coming from the defensive side of the ball. Like those guys get going and you see them at practice. You see them on the sidelines getting going. It's just this offense that has to come together. And, and I don't know what it's going to take. And yeah, you mentioned the chiefs and the, Whew, my, my, the preview show for that one, I'm, 
I, I'm going to let Vinny take over the reins there because I don't know what he's going to want to talk about there and how the possibility of a Raiders win in Kansas City. You know, and th- that would be the one, Cassie, that they, they come out and win, right? They're on the road. <laughs> and that's the thing about it. It's like, I, I don't know, is it a focus thing when they're at home instead of on the road? Because, you know, on the road, they're in a hotel. They have a certain time that they got to be there. They have more structure. Maybe at home, they're just a little bit looser. And that's why there hasn't been so much success. I don't, I don't know what the yeah. answer is. It just, it's mind boggling. It is. It is. And I don't know. Do they stay at a, Don't they stay at the M ahead of game? I think so. But you're still I think at home. They do, right? Yeah, you're still at home. <laughs> you're still at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You got family and kids coming in the hotel. Who knows? But right. Yeah, no. I don't I don't know. I think like if you just Raiders 2021 season, I don't know. Like right. <laughs> you know? That's fair. Yeah. It really it really is fair. And, and Cassie, it's always great to catch up with you. Before we let you go, I have to ask yeah. you, my man Fabian hit me up on Twitter and said, you got to ask her, how's the wedding venue? Have you found a spot yet? Go away, Fabian. <laughs> <laughs> that means no. <laughs> we're, we're looking. We're, we're, I haven't gone to another venue because I'm not going to miss another show unless you just dump on my dreams. So I do. I will tell you that, Q. You you scarred me a little bit there. Um, but we're online looking. We're we've got time. Twenty twenty three is still the plan. So we're working our way into it. I will say I did get my bridesmaids gift. Okay. Come, come the next few weeks, I'm going to start um, telling my bridesmaids bridesmaids they got to help me out with all of this. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: Since you went there, have you found your dress yet? Not not a chance. Okay. All no right. chance. <laughs> All right, just checking. Just checking. There's there's processes. I need, I need the bridesmaids to help me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Well, look, yeah. I've never I've never been a bride, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> so, which is a good advice. thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Right? Like, Girl, does this look good or not? And they'll be on. They'll be honest with you. So right. Well, you know what's funny, and this is just because I had no idea. Obviously, uh, I'd never been in this position before. When the wife went on, you know, she said, "Oh, I got to go look for a dress. I'm going to go do this fitting on, like, I guess, Saturday, whatever day." She said. I, I just rolled my eyes and I was like, all right, I'll be there. You know, because I thought I had to be because I didn't yeah. know any better. And then she goes, no, you're not supposed to go. And I go, oh, I'm not? Oh, great. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Oh, man, yes. Right. <laughs> all the fitting, like all the 18 fittings that come afterwards, too. You just got to stay at home and chill. Right. I thought that I had to be. And so I just was like, all right, well, fine, I'll be there. And she's like, no. And then she thought that I wanted to be. And I was like, no, I want nothing to do with it. I just thought that I was supposed to be. So it was great. It was a great day in my life. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have to didn't have to do a thing. Cassie, great stuff as always. What do you got coming out of uh, Vegas Sports Nation that folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, for sure. We've got uh, our Vegas Nation Blitz show every Wednesday at 7.30. You can check that out at VegasNation.com. And as always, download that free Vegas Nation app to, to stay up to date with everything we've got going on there in our Raiders coverage. Boom. There it is right there. You can find Cassie on Twitter at underscore Cassie Soto and here with us on Unnecessary Roughness. Cassie, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. There she goes, Cassie Soto, the professional professional right there from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Vegas Sports Nation. You can find her work, and, of course, on Twitter, uh, she always tweets out links as well, at underscore Cassie Soto. And uh, I saw one response. I think I saw one tweet to her while we were wrapping up that conversation, and I hate that I couldn't, I didn't catch it. All right, well, I'll catch it in the commercial break. We'll come back. We'll close out the show as Damon in my ear said, get to commercial and do it now, Q. 344 is the time. We'll do exactly that. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. 
What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Couple little notes real quick before we wrap up today's show. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ will pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy in the huddle. Going to hold it down from 4 to 6 p.m. Very excited about the next couple hours of Raider Nation Radio 920. But I did want to pass along this note I just saw on Twitter. um, And he was a former Raider at one point, so I want to bring it up. Alden Smith was arrested Monday night in Northern California for a felony DUI causing injury. Currently in jail, Bell said at $50,000. And I bring that up not to throw salt on his name, but, man, I hate that for Alden Smith. I mean, that's just one of those things. He's battling a a, a battle each and every day of his life. He's been battling it for the longest. Uh, There's moments where he's doing well, and then there's moments that he's not doing well. And clearly Alden Smith is not doing well right now. Uh, Really hate to see that. Uh, Again, just a a young man that – uh, I, I will really pray for every young man out there, every young man and woman that don't want to see anyone, you know, throw their life away. But, man, he's been battling for with it for a very long time. So uh, not good news from the world when it comes to Alden Smith being arrested on Monday night in Northern Cali for felony DUI causing injury, $50,000, the bail that he is currently uh, in jail, and it's the bail is set at that. So wanted to pass that uh, little piece of unfortunate news right there. Um Got a text. Raiders have 94% attendance this year. Uh, I'll tell you, being at the game, and Lincoln Kennedy can tell you better when he comes up next. He's uh, he's up there in the booth. He sees what the crowd looks like. The last few games, going back to Cincinnati, uh, this Washington football team, there was a lot of empty seats. Uh, now, there's could be a, there's a difference between tickets sold, and then there's a difference between actual people that went through the turnstiles. Uh, and, and like I said, Lincoln probably has a better idea of that coming up uh, from 4 to 6 p.m. with uh, Bonsignor, he can get that in for you. Uh, real quick, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy Aaron right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Just kidding. All right, DeMond told me he's gone, and that's okay. Aaron, we do appreciate you. He said uh, we'll he got ca- Metro PCS. So you know, his call <laughs> the first time, and then he called Metro. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Hey, man, you got to count those minutes. I'm not mad at that at all. How about this uh, text from Rob in Oakland? Q, one of my questions would be for Coach Basaccia. Coach Basaccia, can you play this to the team and then play the calls that Fargo Raider and Robert from Fresno made to Clay show yesterday and today, respectively? I think we got some good guys on the roster, and those calls could get them back in touch with what it with what a Raider is supposed to be. That's from Rob in Oakland. Uh, then we got a, a text from uh, Pushing. Hey, Q, it's Pushing. It was nice to meet you on Saturday night at the Tropicana. I was at the game on Sunday and can confirm that there were a lot of empty seats at the game. Was Raider Nation too busy partying in the parking lot? Uh, that's one one. Thank you so, so much for that. Um, Raider Reggie Q, you're on point with taking a shot early in the game and immediately after a takeaway. Also, Gruden is definitely in Carr's decision process on every play. Uh, that's from Raider Reggie. I had a text from Glenn in San Jose that I wanted to get to. Here it is. Q and DeMond, my question would be for Mark Davis. Is there something going on internally that's causing this team every year to go through mental blocks, or are we as fans supposed to stick with the idea that it's just the NFL and the refs giving us the shaft every week? That's from Glenn in San Jose. And I don't know if it would be uh, like a mental block. Uh, I just think there's something that's been going on. There's one reason or the other. Uh, and, again, Lincoln could probably uh, t- expand on this better coming up after the show is over, uh, you know, from 4 to 6 with Vinny about, you know, what it is in the locker room when you're playing in September and October and what it means to play in November and December. Uh, as I mentioned many times, it's not about what you do early in the season. It's what you do when it, when it gets down to the, the, the bullets become real, November and December, that's when it really matters on how you're performing, how you're playing. You've got to be peaking 
And right now, unfortunately for the Raiders, in the month of November and December so far, they've won one game. And that's not going to get it done. I don't care what you do at the beginning of the season. That's not going to get it done. Kansas City wasn't playing great. They were finding ways to you know, keep their head above water. And then they got on a streak. Washington wasn't playing great. They were at 2-6 and six going into their, their bye week. They came out. They're, they're, they're getting better. Even though their offense isn't cooking, they're finding ways to win games. They're on a four-game winning streak. The Patriots just saw them last night. They're on a nice win streak. They're trending up. And unfortunately for the Silver and Black, the last few seasons, they haven't been trending up when it matters. You know, and I, I think, and I think we asked Josh Jacobs this after the game, what was it, a few weeks ago. I don't remember what game it was. I'm sorry that I don't remember exactly what game, but it was, a, it was following a loss. And I remember he was asked, is there, is there any, any doubt in your mind or is there any part of you in your mind where you think, uh-oh, could this start to get that second season, second, second half collapse? It wasn't after the Giants game. It must have been, it must have been after the Kansas City game, that Sunday night game, because it was at home. And he said, I, I don't think so. But he, he wasn't sure. So I'm wondering if there's any kind of doubt that could be potentially creeping into their minds at this stage of the game. Like, uh-oh, here we go again. Is this happening again? You know how you get those feelings sometimes? Like, oh, it's happened again. That, that, that happens. That's a real thing. You know, you can, you can psych yourself out. I've done that before myself. <laughs> I've psyched myself out. Oh, man, here we go. I'm going down this path again. Don't want to do that. How, how, do, I, how, do, how do I get out of this? Because I know the end result. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, one, of those, uh, that's one of those situations. Before I, before I wrap it up, and I appreciate all the calls and texts and all the feedback, and, of course, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle and Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Appreciate all of them on the show today. I want to give you the opportunity. Caller number nine is what I'm looking for. Real quick, 702-365-9200. Caller number nine is going to get hooked up with a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, and that's going to get you in to win Clay Baker's Ultimate Tailgate Hookup. A charcoal grill, a pop-up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, and a Bluetooth speaker, plus a six-foot sub, all courtesy of Porta Subs. So caller number nine, real quick, 702-365-9200. Demond, you pass that information on to me. I'll get you hooked up and in to win. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, they're coming up next in the huddle. They're going to hold it down from 4 to 6 p.m. and take you home the right way. I'm at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Definitely appreciate everyone on today's show. All the great questions that we had, it's good stuff. Appreciate everyone who's going to be out at the movie premiere tonight. National champion. I'll be out there at Town Square AMC. Starts at 7 p.m. Got your name on the guest list already. I've sent it over. So if you're one of the winners that uh, got hooked up with uh, tickets for U plus one, I got you. All you got to do is show up. Movie's on me tonight. So I'm passing the sticks on. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, they're up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.